Welcome back to BDSM Reimagined. I am Michael and this is... Hi, it's Indy. How are you, Indy? Oh, I'm great. Although I'm a bit sad. Ah. Today's our last episode of the season. Oh my, is that, has it come so quick? It has. It feels like we've we only just begun. That's right. <laughs> and you know what? That sounded as scripted as we had planned. So well done, us. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is really sad. It is very sad. But I think we're going to end on a very good topic. What is it, Michael? What are we going to be discussing? Can I ever go back to just being vanilla? Mm. It's a good question. It's yeah. a hard question. Yeah, and I thought a good place to start is I think what I don't know if of others' experiences, but for me there was a, an explore a discovery of kink. So I was vanilla. I was completely vanilla. In fact, up until the point where I discovered kink, I had been in a marriage. That was a very vanilla kind of marriage. How old are you now? Close to forty. I think I'm thirty nine. Close to well, I'm turning, 40. I'm turning 39 this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which one is it, Andy? You're beating around the bush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mentally preparing myself for the big 4-0. <laughs> That's right. So you're almost 40 and you're saying that recently you have come into kink. How, how recent? This past year. Wow. Okay. You're, yeah. Yeah. And it was, it did feel like a coming out experience. Not that I'm really aware of what that's like in terms of other types of sexuality but it really did feel like suddenly this massive door swung open that had always been there but somehow I'd never stumble across the doorknob and it was just it was this rush of energy it was this explosive intense intoxicating kind of oh it was massive and it felt like it, the reason I describe it as a coming out experience is because it did feel like it was a part of me that had always been there that I'd never had the opportunity to open up. And so when we're talking about this topic and we're starting to think about can we ever go back to vanilla, for me it's something to ponder because it's sort of like you see another way of thinking about it is I often wonder about if you look at a world map Mm. And you've always looked at this world map. It's, you know, you see the countries, the shapes, the vague sense of, yeah, that's the landscape of the world. And then someone comes up and really points out to you, look, there's India on the map. And you hadn't really noticed it. But now someone's pointed it out. Did you say India on the map? India. Oh, India. I thought, I thought there was a nice play of words <laughs> there. So someone says there's India on the map. <laughs> I just randomly chose a country, but yeah, close to my namesake. Yeah. And so then all, and then after, so then you can't help but see India after that. It's there. And, and so part of what we're going to be discussing today is once you've seen India, i.e. once you've become kinky, actually that's the first step because then you go into India, you go and explore the country, you go in and smell the smells, you, you know, you, you immerse yourself, you're, you're in there, you're, Maybe you decide to go and live there. <laughs> well, look, I, I can't help but feel insulted. I'm just going to say it out loud. <laughs> oh, and I think you know why, Amy. <laughs> I don't. 
unknowingly insulted you. This is not the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I have been doing this for at least seven years. I'm in my God. early 30s. I'm 33. I know exactly how old I am, <laughs> and I'm proud. I'm in my early 30s, and I've been doing this probably since 26. And me and you have been talking so much over the last several years. And you know oh. how much I have been going on and on and on yes. about BDSM. Repetitive. There you go. Very repetitive. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. It's good. It's a good place to be. But I'm wondering, why is it that, you know, if I was talking so much about BDSM and you were in a, and quite contently from what I recall, you were in a, in a vanilla uh, relationship, you, you were with many, many men. No, no, you were with men. <laughs> <laughs> and you've always had, and you spoke about your sex life, it was, it was quite good. And I was talking about BDSM. What was it then which shifted you from, listening to being engaged. Mm. Well, actually, it's interesting because when you were talking about it for those many years, <laughs> I just thought, what is he, what, what planet is he even on? Like, what is he talking about? How could that even be something that you'd want? Mm. How could you, I just could not wrap my head around it. I just, I was sort of like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, everyone has their thing. Yeah, I mean, you tried, you tried to to keep engaged and stuff, but I, I, you know, well, well done for that. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, oh, no, think... it, it was engaging, and there was nothing. Mm. It's not like I was being polite the whole time. <laughs> yeah, nice but save, anyway, so nice save. it was never something that resonated for me. It never felt like, oh, I wouldn't mind. That sounds like something I'd. It was just more. You're on another planet. You, you know, there's a whole chasm of deep space between us. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of our sexual worlds. And so, yeah, I was very happy with vanilla. I'd had some good, bad, indifferent, great experiences in vanilla, but it had all been very up and down, straightforward, lots of missionary <laughs> or changing positions was a big thing, you know. Well, I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to say that I'd never used a set of handcuffs, for example. And even vanilla people do. So I was very on the spectrum right at the end. And then when I had, I was like, no pornography, no, I don't want to have anyone, there's like a threesome with my partner is outrageous. You know, all of these things were very. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember. What do you mean you get that woman? <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I think, yeah, both on the very vanilla end, but also quite entrapped in some insecurities. But then I, as you know, I've mentioned I was married. That all failed and ended. And so, oh, I know. <laughs> you have to say failed. That's a very <laughs> It's a very um, critical word. It's a loaded word. Well, look, yeah, it's all right. I'm comfortable with the fact that it sort of, turned into a ball of fire. So, <laughs> and it really did. That fire just lasted for a while, even once it was over. Anyway. <laughs> and still has its little... Anyway. So... <laughs> I can still feel the heat. I can still feel the heat. 
that's why I'm now into kink. <laughs> is it? Is it that? Do you think that that is? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm laughing at the divorce. <laughs> it's not finalized yet. We're still separated. It's not a divorce yet. <laughs> Hence why it still feels so. You can probably tell that Indy and I are getting increasingly worked okay. up into so, quite a laughing fit about the separation Indy's discussing here. We ourselves realise why and come to explain as much during this laughing bit. Normally, we would have edited this out, but decided okay. to keep it in the episode as we feel it sticks true to the human quality of this show. If you do want to skip it, just fast forward to 10 minutes 15. Enjoy. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that escalated quickly. Okay. Let's, can we just... We'll have so, to... We'll, just yeah, say, we'll um, cut that. We'll just it uh, ended, edit. It didn't end well. <laughs> it didn't end well. I think what's so funny is I've got such a cavalier attitude about it. <laughs> when you know the whole backstory is so <laughs> I know, I've not laughed like that for so long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got to take my jumper but off. It's little fires. It's like, no, it's fucking serious. <laughs> I'm completely minimising something that's absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> oh. Whew, all right. <clears throat> All right, let's let's um compose ourselves. Did you remember where we were? Okay, um, yeah, I, do. I think it was good when I said, okay, let's, okay, I know where to keep going because I think I said, all right, um, Michael, let's. And here we come back to the show. Do you think that because of this separation, it allowed you to open doors or uh, shifted your perspective somehow into your sexual self? Yeah, Michael, I think that actually when I do look back that was the turning point or the very important catalyst, I think is the word I'd like to use there, is it was a catalyst. Up until that stage in my life, and particularly when it all ended, I just was in a new headspace around connection, intimate connection. And so I did go through a period of time where I was exploring a lot of different types of sexual experiences. Some of them were hookups, some of them were people who I'd see for a while. And what ended up happening is uh, because I'm an older woman, I was attracting younger men who have that sort of fetish of the older woman. And a lot of these younger men were either inexperienced or sort of relatively not as clued up. (laughs) So I would end up directing them a lot. Or I would be the one saying, I think we should do this or let's do that or move here or do that. And so this part of me that became more directive was very curious to me. I thought, well, I like this. I really like being able to be in control. I enjoy it. And then I knew there was something in me that felt like it felt like there was the tip of an iceberg that I'd stumbled on. And it took a bit more exploration and some really fortunate encounters to uncover this great big 
kinky side, which I've been exploring ever since. Hmm. And increasingly moving into the dominant role, I've done switching and tried the submissive, but really do feel the, yeah, the dominant role is where a lot of my sexuality in my kink is, and my kink is, uh, lies. You mentioned that you've always had, you said that in your description, you said you've, this, this part of you, you've always had, were there any, was there any indication prior to your discovery, uh, in your quote, vanilla life that you thought, Hmm, any stirrings, any thoughts? Yeah. So once I've now come into this, I've looked back at my life and thought the signs were definitely there. When I was a kid, I'd always be the one bossing all the other kids around, trying to get them to play the game I wanted. I also, in work and professional life, pretty much always was the manager, the boss, the person who got the the role where you were looking after the team and you were the one steering and driving. And that was very comfortable to me and something I really enjoyed. And so there is this streak in me of dominance. There's this streak of leadership. In your intimate life? In the intimate life, it wasn't so obvious. I think that I, I didn't really see that the two could be combined. I think that actually a lot of my conditioning as a female, speaking of my own conditioning, was more to be submissive. And I didn't even think about that as something that I was doing because I wasn't really aware of the power dynamics as much as I am now. Early on, I would just kind of do what the guy wanted because I thought that was what you're supposed to do, please the guy. So it never really got to a point where I think that vanilla le never led to opportunities to explore this much more dominant side because men take up the dominant role. <clears throat> I think when you're in vanilla. Yeah. I mean, you've been in a number of relationships and to be honest, typically the men that you have been with, the majority of them, not all, have been particularly dominant. More so than I think the quote typical stereotypical, stereotypical male. I just think that's quite interesting how you've taken a role which is so dominant to in, in that world now. Yeah, and I think this starts to point to, for me, when I think about going back to vanilla or this sense of is kink where I'm at now is how much is my kink a response to a sort of pendulum swing against all of the dominant, strong personality men that I've been with and making up for the fact that I'd been submissive or that I'd been controlled, quote-unquote. And so coming into this dominant role is a safe place. It's a place where I can be in guarantee that I'm not going to be controlled by a man. And so, yeah, it's, it's something that I do ponder. Is this a slippery slope? Are we saying here that for some of us, uh, it's more of a reaction against a deeper pain, therefore it's pathological. It's something which we can cure if we resolve the deep attention. Is that what we're saying here? Ah, so I think that even the question you've had there is loaded with some assumptions yeah. 
about sexuality that we have to be careful with. I think that it's really important that, for me anyway, I can only speak of myself. I might have, I might have entered the kink world through some experiences that were difficult and conditions that came together that could look pathological, but it it's more about the intention once you're in. If you're doing if you're doing play with awareness and you're not suffering, if you're not when I do kink, I'm not feeling insecure or suffering or in pain. I'm actually enjoying myself the majority of the time. My approach to it is exploration and play and interest and curiosity in these different power dynamics and creatively thinking, oh, well, what if I did this? How would that work? Or that's really interesting that this is a, a kink that this guy's got. Let me see what that's like. Uh, so you can be in BDSM. It's just how you are in it how you are in your kink. Some people might be in it where they are replaying out. I think initially I was. I was I was feeling safe and thinking, oh, yeah, this is great. I don't have to feel like there's any pressure to to succumb to someone's dominance or control. And I was aware of that at the time to some extent, and that's okay. That's just what was going on for me. And uh, that's just how it looked for a while. And maybe I needed to, not needed to, but maybe it was something that helped to do some repair or healing or, so it's actually a good thing. So it's, it's sort of saying that just because it may come out of uh, a sore place or wound doesn't necessarily mean it needs to stay there and try and resolve it. You, you can move on and therefore, I mean, it opened up doors to your, the way you act and behave. And once those doors are open, you can start to live in the room rather than let the room live inside you, as it were. So Correct. Yeah. So, Michael, what I'm wondering is, you, you mentioned you've been doing this for seven years or several years. Can you tell us more about when it all first started for you or where you're at now with this idea of vanilla? It's actually, I, I was thinking, as, as you were talking, I was, I was thinking when was my first my truly first arousal around power and it was in year six now in mm. Australia I think that's what um because I've, I've lived in Australia now in Australia that's like about 10 11 and I remember I can I it, it's 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 burned into my memory I was coming out of a hallway of the schoolyard and there was a boy who unfortunately was bullied quite a lot and I was one of those persons who would bully him trust mm. I'm not a bully like that was the only person I've ever exercised and explored power over in terms of bullying but it, it was it was very heart aching and he uh, went on his knees and he begged me please please I'll do anything just stop or just uh, I think he was saying just be I'm actually getting quite emotional just be um, friendly to me or something like that. Mm. And I, he, he said, that's right. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. And I actually felt arousal at that moment. And it was of this picture of a person begging to essentially serve now, I was always interested in magic 
and hypnotizing and controlling people. I mean, X-Men was massive. You can move things with your hands. So to manipulate the world around you and control people, that was my favorite power. I wanted to, I wanted to control people's minds and move things. I wanted to be Jane, Jane Grey or Professor X. Okay. That was my, like, wow. And me and a really good friend of mine, we used to, you know, enact, physically enact battles between us of, of, of imagination. Really up until our late teens, we, we were engrossed in ma magic was the main, the, main, the main world. We played computer games all the time together and it was all about that. But that was my first sexual arousal. And I think that actually preceded my arousal of, of the other sex or the same sex. It's like my arousal towards power, my sensitivity towards power preceded my sensitivity towards sexual attraction. Mm. Something like that. Right. So you can, you can place that it was a very early on experience. Definitely. Nothing happens later until my first partner, when I was about 20, 21, he was really into water sports and I was really into trainers. And it was because of long distance, I went traveling and it was about eight months. I had, I had um, been apart from, from this, this guy and out of horniness, you know, we used to, you used to have the internet cafes. There was no phone, smartphones, internet cafes. You had to go where you had to dial up and then. Yeah. I remember those oh days. God, yeah. And then the connections would drop. So you couldn't do voice or you couldn't do a uh, video anyway, over emails, we would start to exchange more sexually charged scenarios and we sort of came out that we liked piss and, and train and sneakers and that was really embellished so that's where the fetish sort of interest came on and then we started to play in the last several months of our relationship around with power dynamics i told him i was really into scallies which is the irish version well, I, that's how I knew it then. The Irish version of chavs or, okay. or bogans, if you'd use the Australian term, something like that. And he would uh, dress up in, you know, a singlet or a vest and have a beer bottle and enact that scene. And huh. we were playing with that. I had no words for it. No words. I didn't know anything about BDSM. If I did, it would have been about chains and bondage. But in terms of dom, dom and sub, no idea with that vocabulary. In fact, that never existed, that vocabulary, until I moved to London when I was 26. And how did you come across it there? Porn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry to disappoint. No, uh, it, it was porn, but moving to London allowed me, similarly to you, to open doors in places where I wouldn't be watched by friends. I, I know you have a particular sensitivity to being watched by people close to me, and I, and I, I won't shift my identity when I'm, when I'm too watched. Anyway, I moved to London, and I started to feel more safe wearing the clothes I wanted to wear, and I was wearing more sport clothes, and I was interested in that demographic. And I think because London, it's so sexually open. People on apps and things are all searching, searching for different things. And then it just sort of led, in, led into yeah. itself. So it makes sense. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, because if we pause here, on one hand, we've got someone you're describing yourself here as 
from an early age, you could feel that arousal with the power dynamic and then threaded throughout your life. There is actually BDSM going on, but you just don't have that label. And so one of us is maybe embodying that expression of uh, really actually engaging in BDSM, even if you didn't know it from an early point in your sexuality. The other of us, myself, having only ever really been in vanilla kinds of relationships and only in this past year exploring kink. Mm. And I'm sure that there's others out there who are, you know, could identify with one or other of those paths. Having said that, I know that for me, even though I've only ever been vanilla, I can see points at time where there was kink or I've always had kink, but I've only ever really in sex purely been vanilla. Which raises the question about how much we're all kinky. And is it that conditions come together in life or parts of ourselves that that just then mean that this can be expressed and played out? So when we're talking about this question about can we ever go back to vanilla, maybe what we're stumbling on now is is it that actually we're all kinky to some extent? And I don't think, I mean, I think it's it, it, the classic line. It's a spectrum. Sexuality is a spectrum. Kink is a spectrum. Yeah. And that's, I think, the healthiest attitude and probably the most true attitude to have with all this. And some people may yeah. do kink and they think, yeah, I could do that for a while. I could do, do dumb stuff, but I don't need it. And there's people like us, perhaps, who feel we do need it and we can't go back into a relationship which is missionary. Well, a missionary's probably too aggressively the far away, but where power play isn't the center of the exchange. Can you say more about the need? You said the word need. What's that like for you? I have been wrestling for a while, for about two, three years. I'm quite exhausted. I mean, I've had moments where I'm like, yes, I love it. I'm kinky, I'm doing this stuff. And that comes you know, in and out of the week. But as a whole, in the last two, three years, I've become really, I feel too over-focused. My needs are getting more specific. My needs are getting very subtle. No, it has to be this kind of shoe. No, they have to have this kind of attitude. And I think porn, not necessarily the pornography websites, because I don't really go on that often, but I think sites like Instagram and Twitter where we get more amateur porn, you get people in the real world uh, taking photos of themselves all the time in sexual ways has really amplified images, has really empowered images to make things seem, oh, I want that because that, that guy really exists. Wow, he's doing exactly what turns me on. Mm. This is, so it's out there and it's, it's really uh, excited me. So I'm chasing these, I'm chasing that, I'm chasing this unrealistic presentation of a dom or of an alpha. And that's really burnt me out. So what's that been like for you then? The more you've been in this, the more specific it's become. It's almost like the landscape of your mind is something you've become increasingly clear on. And then out there in the world, there's these promises of that all being met. Being met virtually online mm. but in the real world people are not perfect 
So it's been incredibly hard because I feel like I am, um, I'm a slave unto my own needs in a sense. Like I know that I love BDSM. Like I love domination submission. It really turns me on. Like I don't even think about it too much and I get really aroused by it. And that is absolutely fine. But I feel now it's just gone in such a momentum so far away. I can't help it. It's just, it's just, I've caught onto something and, it, and the hook has gone straight into the ocean and I have to follow it deep inside the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, makes it makes sense. a lot of sense. So my efforts have been to go into a, to rebalance my kink. And I'm trying to come back down to earth or, you know, come back down into the real world, meet men, have sex of all kinds, quote, vanilla, you know, maybe a few fetishes here or there, and just try and enjoy that physical contact, touching, smell, taste, sight, and just trying to come back down to that because I, as I said before, I'm overloaded with stimulus presented to me mm. online. Mm. And I'm sure that as you're talking, I'm, I'm sure there's a number of people who can relate to all of this because increasingly the accessibility of even the most otherwise obscure, relatively obscure, is now so much more available. Uh, yeah, and so what? where has this led you in terms of vanilla? Where are you at right now with it? I mean, just going back on that note, there's a guy who contacted me last week saying can i pay you to step on something that you wear like a bracelet a jacket and can i choose the type of shoe you do it with mm. and i'll pay you to buy that thing that you crush and can you videotape it so you can see here a kink yeah. that's absolutely fine there's nothing wrong but this is what he's seeking exactly. And I could, I can't help but feel, I can't help identify with him, but also I can't help but feel sad because if he's in a relationship with a man or a woman, isn't into that, but offers so much more, he's missing out on one of his deepest turn-ons. And that I really, I feel, I feel sad for, you know? Yeah. And I think that on one hand, I can see that, what, you, what you're saying there. On the other hand, however, there's never been anything like this in human history before, where there's so much connection with others, groups that you can join. For example, uh, there was a group of people who really get turned on by balloons. That, that's, yeah. that's very hard to find in your community, I'm sure, unless you're looking globally. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that, yes, I understand that that kink isn't really being able to express on a very deep level with whoever that person might be with man, woman, or other, they, what I, I think though, is that, yeah, but that's how probably it's been in human history. And I think we've fallen into that trap, nature versus nurture. On one hand, the, the the arousal of being something being crushed has always been there throughout history. I, I agree to that. I think that's true. But on the other hand, 
has it become has it has it had much of a greater gravity because there's more conditions which allow it to be framed. Yeah, exactly, because it becomes more solid and graspable in the current world we live in. And so Well the illusion that it is obtainable. Correct. So Michael, I'm just wondering where are you at currently with your exploration of vanilla and coming back to vanilla? It's a really good question. I mean I mean lately I've been thinking about it um in the way of of a forest in front of you. And kink is this tree that's growing. I'm at the moment trying to grow other trees, nurture other parts of me. So this mm. kink tree doesn't dominate the skyline, doesn't take over as such. Again, it's not something that needs that, that I'm scared will take over and it's going to destroy everything. It's just at the moment it feels imbalanced. So if I nurture these different parts of me, then I think it's going to be much more holistic, much more sustainable than positions that I've been in the past where it's become obsessive. Yeah, I, I really love how you said that. And the key point there is cultivating, being able to cultivate a landscape that is much more balanced. That's correct. I mean, do you remember that time I called, I called you about five years ago? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and I said... Indy, I've figured it out. All I want to be is a 24-7 slave. Yes, I remember that. And I'm not moralizing that. That is actually, that's absolutely fine for anyone to do. And in my opinion, it's fine for anyone to do if you have taken the time to investigate and explore your intentions. I'm all for extreme play. But I do think when it comes to things like giving over control and taking control, you need to investigate why you are so interested in this. Hmm. Here's a funny thing. I have had many uh, kink interactions over the several years. And I've had very few vanilla interactions. Now, for the last several months and again this could be i mean there's an epidemic you know covid there's lockdown many conditions are, are at play here but i must say i am currently and this has been consistent as i said for the last several years i'm currently finding myself coming back to a vanilla sex exchange that i've mm. had and that that really surprises me because with this particular person, I know this person represents an idea. I'm not going to say it's this person per se. But this particular person was, is, being very, is very vanilla. Okay. And part of what disrupted previous attempts is because I'm kinky and this person isn't. And, I, and I've personally thought, oh no, I'll always be desiring kinky sex. But on the one hand, I really uh, liked this person. And it just fascinates me that I, that I keep coming back to this particular exchange of intimacy, which was vanilla, and yet identifies a kinky individual. Yes, and I think importantly, and I'm not sure if this is where you're getting to some extent, is that 
with vanilla, there are some really good things about it, that it's got deep connection, that it's got that vulnerability you can express, the the real sense of being connected to someone else who witnesses you. There's some really gorgeous, lovely things about being in a vanilla relationship when it's good. Big disclaimer. <laughs> and so when you're talking about the global pandemic and the conditions currently in our world being uncertain and there's so much of uh, isolation and all of these things, I'm wondering how much that's playing a role in understandably gravitating towards those those kinds of perfumes that come out of the vanilla relationship. I see. And, I mean, if we can remove BDSM play from all the other needs of our mind, then I think it's absolutely amazing. But I think it's important to remember that we are a creature that has many needs, consciously yeah. or not. And we're trying to have a discussion here is is kink it or is vanilla it not not so strictly as that but we're having a discussion around mm. that and we have to remember that in sex many things are going on outside of power exchange and within the power yeah, absolutely and what i'm coming back to i need to remind myself is that yes michael you have preferences you have a type and that's fine to have. That's normal to have. But you also need to keep your mind open to going outside what you think you like because you may stumble upon something that, it, that you actually need. Yeah, so that receptivity. Perhaps because you've got such a refined set of kinks, given that you've explored it for many years, you've had opportunities to play, there's the internet which really just concretes those specific subtleties that then means you're stepping into vanilla with that shape of you being so defined, that kink shape. And possibly that's limiting you to other possibilities. And that's fine to accept because what I don't want to do and what I have done before is say, Oh no, Michael, this isn't good. You you can't have this mentality. You're, you're damaged. You know, oh. you've got, you're too stuck in it now. It's like saying, actually, it's so normal to be conditioned by your environment. That's the kind of animal we are. But just keep gently pushing the possibility of other things interesting you, interesting me. And you, you may discover something more than what you think is all you are in excited by yeah correct so i'll just throw a spanner into the works because for me i i'm increasingly disillusioned with vanilla relationships to the point now where possibly opposite to you i've i've been in the terrain of vanilla for very long and i'm i'm more aware of the very concrete parts of it that feel like they're they're, they're not something I want, that, that there's something that I need to be away from that won't work. So, for example, when I really look at it, 
the types of things that are intoxicating for me in a vanilla relationship is that protective energy, that sense of companionship, that sense of someone who will be there to take care of me in hardship. A leader, almost. No, not even a leader. Just someone who's there as a soft place to fall when there's things in life that are difficult. Someone who's there to uh, just feel like you've got someone else alongside you in this life and the sorts of things and bumps in the road that come up. So I've up till now in my life been very intoxicated by that. And there's been moments or periods in relationships where that's exactly how it's felt is that I've, I've had this companion. However, maybe because I've just come out of a marriage and I feel quite disillusioned, I just see that that's all just a temporary set of conditions coming together that lead to a relationship feeling that way temporarily. And importantly, you, you need to actually be in yourself quite able to find safety and protection within yourself, that a relationship is a false refuge, that you need to find that refuge of safety within yourself. But isn't, I mean, I agree. I actually do agree with a lot, a lot of what you're saying. But aren't you now recreating your view on what a relationship is? And what you're saying is you're actually becoming disillusioned with an old view that you had relationships were or should be or have been presented Correct. to you. And now you're creating a new view, kind of relationship that involves vanilla, that involves monogamy, exists in a new view and a new perspective that you have on how you relate within a relationship. Yeah, I think that that's something that, I'm increasingly open to, just like what you're saying with your kink and having to be flexible and receptive. I'm increasingly open to, okay, I've got to be flexible and receptive to vanilla. Uh, but the, the, very importantly, though, the, where I'm at with it is that I, I have a big disclaimer on that. I don't know about monogamy anymore. I think consensual non-monogamy seems much more sustainable. And up till now in my life, what the pattern has been is I've been in a long-term monogamous relationship. It's fallen apart. It's become either toxic or unhealthy or just the dynamics have become a difficult more than good. And so I've thought, okay, end that and learn, regroup, look for a healthier choice in a partner. Whereas now what I'm thinking is that's not the only option. You don't have to just look for a long-term monogamous relationship. and Importantly, the kink world is helping open up a lot of other possibilities for me, consensual non-monogamy, or actually just being purely in a kink connection where you have your own independent life. That's what I think really works for me is you have your own independent life, do what you want, live where you are, have your friends. I think that's really healthy. Just, just be comfortable without anything more than what you have in your life. And then, yes, there's a kink connection that I can have on the side of that as maybe a place I enter and then come out of rather than feeling like I need to wrap around me or have then integrated into my life a person that when I've done that in the past has always led to either resentments or insecurities or whatever else.
So in keeping with the show's title, I think we've beaten around the bush mm. enough. Do you, Indy, think you can go back to a vanilla relationship? No. I don't think I can. I think it's something that... No. No, I don't think I can. Michael, what about yourself? What's your yeah. response to that very same question? I don't think I can either. <laughs> okay. So we are stuck. <laughs> Stuffed. Yeah. Stuck for another season yes. at least. And that is, I think, a really good note to end on because there is much more to say about kink and this world that we're exploring. That's very true. It's, it's a, a wrap. wrap. See you next time, everyone. See you guys.